And if we will humble ourselves, we'll allow ourselves to step into that place of abandonment with him, you will find clarity. Jeremy is finding clarity at the moment. He's talking lots about it in the office. But you don't do that without placing yourself, positioning yourself. And tonight, I just really feel as we've worshipped him tonight, you have positioned yourself in a place to hear and respond to his spirit. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you that in this place tonight, Lord, you have called people who are hungry for your word, are hungry for a deeper revelation of your love, a deeper revelation of what we as your people are called to be. Father, that tonight, I pray that your spirit would speak through me. Lord, that your heart would become so pressing upon mine. Lord, that you would take my heart out of the equation and I'd be operating from your amazing heart and love for these people. And may we hear with ears, Lord, that don't just have a sitting feeling comfortable or in a place where we don't do anything with your word, but that we are hungry to press in deeper to you. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Well, it's awesome, awesome to be here up again tonight. I just want to thank you so much uh, on behalf of both Emma and myself for uh, all your congratulations messages that we've been receiving on Facebook. It's been uh, amazing uh, to, uh, to have uh, the love and the support of our family just as we are expecting our first child. And uh, God is good, He is faithful, but it is, um, it is His will and His timing. And uh, we just love to have family around who support us and are continually praying for us um, during that time. So that's, that's huge. Tonight I want to um, do not speak on RIP Part 2. If, uh, if those of you who were here last time, I was uh, speaking on uh, repentance is powerful. Um, it wasn't uh, the era of resting in peace, but uh, but for this one, I want to I want to focus on that resting in peace, that aspect of dying to self that enables us to rest in the peace of what God has for us, resting in His peace, resting in His knowledge, in in His in His uh, all surpassing uh, sufficiency which He has for us. And uh, this has been a bit of a process which I've found myself on um, just over these last couple of weeks. Um, this whole area of, of dying to self. And it's awesome Greg was speaking about it this morning and there's synergy which is just coming out about what, is, uh, what that looks like and how that happens. And tonight I want to be able to just give a bit of a personal uh, testimony um, about that. But also just to, to look into why is it that we struggle so much with this area of dying to self. Why is it that we so want to be in control, but the benefits of entering into that process? And uh, we've been working together as a staff 
through this uh, uh, this uh, little series, which is uh, called uh, Leaders of Destiny, which is run by uh, David McCracken, and uh, we're just looking at, uh, at scripture, um, which looks into this dying to self process. And Genesis 12, 2 to 3 um, is the uh, the first commission, as it were. It's the, the first uh, promise which goes out to, uh, to Abraham about uh, the person that God is, uh, is going to be, re- the promises that he's revealing to, to Abraham and what he's going to do in his life. And then the test uh, of that comes in Genesis 22 from verse 1 to 14. Uh, for time's sake, I won't go into it, but it's the the point in which um, Abraham takes his son Isaac up the mountain to sacrifice him. So Abraham has been promised that, uh, his, uh, that he will be a blessing to, uh, to, to, to the world. He will, his, his, uh, his generations will, will be as vast as, as the stars in the sky. And here he has his one son, Isaac, that God is calling him to, to sacrifice. And Abraham had to be willing in the process of taking his son and being obedient to God to dying to the very thing that he believed had been given to him. Now, what does that mean for us? I think for me personally that a penny just completely dropped and God was just revealing himself, just saying, Simon, are you willing to die to the gifts and the things that I have promised you? Are you willing to lay those things down and allow for my timing? Are you allowing for my guidance? Are you allowing yourself to hear from me as to stop, when to rest, and to be at peace that you, uh, that that I am in control, and that I will take you down those roads at the appropriate time. And uh, yeah, I've got lots of things on my on my heart to do. I've got lots of things um, I've shared with a number of people. My filmmaking passion still lies very very strongly within me. I still have a desire to one day make a feature length film on the Book of Revelations. And to be able to, to show that to the world and for it to be in Hollywood for people to around the world to actually see um, the, the vision of Christ, to see the revelation of the Christ and to be transformed by that. I still have um, a passion of, of leading a church of my own one day in the UK. That's something which I've, 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 had impressed upon me that I, I, I want to, to see the transformation of what I'm experiencing now, what you guys are going through, to be something that people back in, in my home country experience. I still want to see family members come to relationship with Christ. You know, and I still have the role of becoming a father as something that I, you know, have, have a, a huge passion, a huge desire. But all of this is nothing if I'm not anchoring myself upon the very person who's placing those things upon my heart. And he said that to me, Sai, what are you anchoring your life upon? Is it your love of the gifts? 
Is it the belief it is your calling to do instead of be? Or is it that you think that you're ready to do these things right now? And I think in all of those things I have to say, no, maybe I'm not ready. And I've got to come to the place of resting in the peace and in the understanding that maybe some of those things may never come true. But my relationship with God is first and foremost. My intimacy with him is first and foremost. And when I'm in that place of not even my desires being his desires, it becomes his desires become my desires. Right alignment. And that's the place which I'm hungry for. I came from a position of this revelation and I wish I had a diagram to show you, but instead of it being purpose uh, leads to promise, which then leads to dependency, it's a completely wrong way of thinking. We should be having the other way around. Dependency leads us to pressing into him, which leads to the promise which he has for us. And from the promise, we have purpose. We have the goal. And our goal is constantly driven by listening to him, by trusting in him, by believing that what he says will come to pass. It's completely transformed my mindset on thinking in my time frame. And we're so good at that. God, I want things to happen now. I want things to happen, uh, you know, within this week, God. And we've done that. We've, we've, you know, Emma and I have, have experienced, uh, experienced that as a married couple in terms of, God, we want you to show up right now. We want you to do this. We want you to provide for this right now. And there's no, pro- there's nothing wrong in asking of those things. But are we willing to allow God to say, stop? Are we willing to allow Him to say, time's not right now. Maybe I'm leading you in this direction. Maybe I just want you to be with me in my presence. If God is who he says he is, how can surrendering to his way not be to our benefit? We're so quick to forget the blessings uh, that God has given us in the past and to remember his faithfulness that this uh, always becomes a struggle for us. Um, This emphasizes to me the importance of intimacy, of uh, of closeness with him because when we when we're walking like when we we have times of incredible worship here for sure are you having those same incredible encounters in your week in those times when you are spending intimacy with him you will never lose track of the promises you'll never lose track of his faithfulness when you are in in those times whether it be reading his word whether it be in music and in, in, in singing whether it be in praying because he will continue to reveal the, uh, the purposes. He will continue to reveal his promises to you. And that way, we will never, ever lose the perspective that if God is who he says he is, then I can trust him. I can trust him no matter what. It is to my benefit. I think a reason that we're not forthcoming in letting go and dying to self, resting in peace, is we don't know what we're grabbing onto the other side. <laughs> I think if we, you know, I, I can be completely honest that I've, I've gone through moments in my life where, uh, whether it be financial 
or whether it be um, you know relationships with friends and so forth. Am I in that position of uh, I'm going in completely blind, and and will I trust him to take that leap of faith to step into the position of of authority and an alignment with what he has? But uh, if I'm honest, there's there's times where I've I've decided not to go down that path, and it's because of that blindness, it's because of that fear that uh, that has prevented us from entering in. It's it's quite interesting when you watch um, uh, a baby trying to to walk for the very first time, and um, if a if a parent is standing behind it and it has its uh, has its arms and starts the walking process and then lets go, if the baby doesn't have a goal, if it doesn't have another parent or something which it's um, which it's going towards, the wavering. I don't know if you've ever seen that before, but the, the wavering or the, the plumping sitting down on the bottom because it doesn't know where it's going. And in the same way, we, we, we need to have a knowledge of knowing what is on the other side, of, of seeing, seeing the purpose, seeing the goal. And God has got that. God has got that in hand. Most of us also enjoy actually feeling in control of our own schedule. And yet we grow frustrated when things don't go according to our plan. Have you ever wondered what it would be like if we were in control of our own schedule? My friend Bruce will uh, show you what, uh, what that looks like. Well, you took the job, Bruce, so I suggest you get to it. Prayers, prayers, okay, prayers. Uh, this creepy whisper thing has to Organization and management. That's what I need. I need a system, something concrete. Concentrate. Files. Let all prayers be organized into files. Well, that takes care of the voices. Not exactly a space saver, though. Grace might notice. I know. Prayer post-its! Okay, I need something with a lock. Security combination, password. Password? Yo! You've got prayers. Welcome to the Revelation Superhighway. We bless. No mess. Downloading now. That's <laughs> good. This is going to take a while. One million five hundred twenty-seven thousand five hundred and three prayer requests. I better manifest some coffee. Hola! Juan Valdez! Buenos días. Buenos días. Disfruta un buen café. Gracias, señor. Adiós. Adiós. 
Now that's fresh mountain grown coffee from the hills of Colombia. Um, Bruce uh, answering all the prayers there. He just wasn't drinking the right coffee. He hasn't had it here in Wellington, has he, Alistair? That's the key. That is the main biggest problem. Thank goodness that Bruce isn't God. Thank goodness that I'm not God. And thank goodness that we're all not God. Because if we were wanting things in our own schedule, look at what the mayhem that could come from, from it happening. And as the film goes on, with all the yes answered prayers, he's got people who are asking to win the lottery. He's got people who are, uh, are wanting to, uh, to to stop being bullied by and all the rest of it. And in saying yes to all of these things, it ends up being a catastrophe because people only win the lottery and, and, and win $30 instead of the million. And you know people feel ripped off and all the rest of it. And there's one thing that Morgan Freeman says in response to it. He goes... Since when have people really known what they're really wanting? What they really want? What they really need? And the fact is, is when we press in more and more to his ways, when we press in more to what he has to offer for us, we will understand what we need, what direction it is that he's going to take us on. I thank God that he answers my prayers but I thank God also that he sometimes delays answering the prayers because there is a time for me to sit and to listen and to respond and rest in peace. Rest in his peace. Let's turn to Matthew 14, 25 to 33. And most of you will know this, but I just um, I love the example of what um, happens to Peter and how it relates to us so much, uh, even now. So Matthew 14:25 to 33, it says, During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake, as you do. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. I just want to stop there because that in itself is so profound. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. You know, so so much of that blindness that I was talking about is that we are not in the position of of recognizing who 
is coming towards us, who it is who's in front of us, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. His, his love for us, his compassion for us is so great. Take courage. Don't be afraid. It's me. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. To what does Jesus say? Come. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Here you have Peter, a follower of Christ, called to be a disciple, to live in, in close relationship with Jesus. And he, he first, at the at very first stage, when he sees and asks that, Jesus, if it's you, tell me, and if it is you, let, let me come out, let me come out and meet you. And Jesus welcomes him. And the confidence, the, the faith, the courage is in place because as Peter take, comes out of the boat, his eyes are fixed on Christ. His eyes are fixed on him. But then as the winds grow, as the circumstances around him happen, his eyes are taken off of the Christ. I wonder what that looks like for you and I. You know, I bet we come into situations where we are drawn away, distracted by things that come in, in place or things that we, we feel as though we're called to, to do for Christ and we feel led to and so our eyes are distracted. But God is saying, hey, come back, come back, I'm over here. I'm over here. My faith, my intimacy, the relationship which I want is over here. It's the same with, with things when we can get drawn away by fear of finance or, or job direction or, or addiction even. I can't rely, I can't trust on you quite, God, because I've still got this crux, I've still got this thing which, which keeps dragging me back. And what happens? He sinks. He starts to sink because he takes his eye off the Christ. He's not resting in the peace that Christ has the very thing which he's looking for. I want to give you uh, another example, and for this I need a volunteer. And uh, I'd like to welcome Nathan Finley to the, uh, to the floor. Come back down here, sir. Let's give Nathan a round of applause as he comes down. Kirk, can you uh, help me by blindfolding, Nathan? Very good. So for, for those of you at home who are listening on the MP3, what we're doing here is a faith and, uh, and trust factor. So in my hands I have a bag, of, uh, a bag of drawing pins which I'm placing on the floor. Pin up as well. Sorry. Yeah, thanks. And I'm preparing a course for Nathan to manoeuvre. And, uh, and in the process, uh, Kirk is, is placing these down. And what I'm going uh, to ask Nathan is basically uh, just in your, uh, in your own time, 
mate, um, do you feel confident enough that, uh, that you can get through the minefield? You don't. Would you like my assistance in order to do that? Okay, awesome. So um, just in, in terms of listening to my voice, I'll give you the guidance and we can go from there. All right, so take, uh, take two steps forward for me. Okay, uh, take one more step with your right foot. Okay, stop. Okay, now I want you to swivel to your right. Okay, a bit more. Okay, and I want you to step forward two steps for me. Okay, now uh, turn 90 degrees to your left. Okay, and then I just want you to step forward five places. Stop. Well done. Take a, take a side step to your right. Okay, and just walk freely. Awesome. Okay, take off your blindfold. Give Nathan a round of applause, everyone. I'll get someone to brush that up in a sec. <laughs> I wanted to give you that example because, as Nathan rightly pointed out, when he was completely blind and he knew that there was danger or there was the possibility of going in the wrong direction, he didn't trust himself. Now, that's probably a good place to be in, to be honest, mate, because there would be some people that would trust in their own their own uh, strength, they would trust in their own uh, understanding and just try and run straight through that. Do you see what happened when Nathan said that he trusted me to guide him through that? That takes relationship. It takes walking closely uh, in intimacy with myself to say, I trust that you will not pierce my feet <laughs> and that I will end up in A&E, but that you can take me through this field of, uh, of pins. And this is exactly the same thing that God is wanting us to trust him in, and to trust him in his voice, in listening to him. In instances there, I had to say to Nathan, stop, because you're about to hit danger. You're about to go into that place. Now, if there was distractions, if there were things, I could have got all of you to start shouting and, and whooping as a means of trying to, to, to figure out whether Nathan could decipher my voice. But sometimes we're called to do that. We're called to stop. Sometimes we're called to take sidesteps. Sometimes we're called to go backwards, to go forwards, as a means of being obedient to get us through and past the minefield. And we have, we, what we need to do is we need to, uh, we need to cultivate a lifestyle of listening and tuning ourselves into Him. When we do that, we can rest assured that He has our very best interests at hands, that He will take us through the minefield, He will take us, He will refine us through the fire, it says. 
and, and we'll go arm in arm with him in that process and out the other side, we will produce gold, we will produce silver, which is riches from him. Trusting in God and tuning ourselves to his voice is crucial to how we are to lead our lives. We will learn to trust God better when we take the time to rest in his qualities and know him more. To stop when he says stop. To go when he says go. To be when he says I just want you to be. And to do when I give you my spirit and I lead you in that way. So let's just, as I, as, I, as I come to a close, let's look at these praiseworthy qualities that we can trust, that we can rely on, so that we rest in the peace, so that we die to ourselves knowing the qualities that he has and the assurance that we have. His all-encompassing knowledge and complete wisdom is, is found in Romans 11. And uh, turn to ch- uh, verse 33. Romans 11:33 to 36 The doxology here describes it as oh the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God no one has conceived the depth of his wisdom and his knowledge, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing, uh, before, beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counsellor? Who has even given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. All powerful, all depth of knowledge and wisdom belongs to him. Unlike us, the Lord has complete awareness about our world and the details of every individual life. Everything about you and I, whether that's past, whether that's present and future. And we have the chance to partner with him when we choose to rest in his presence. When we choose to be at peace in him, we get the privilege of partnering with him and being able to tap into that wisdom and knowledge which he has for us. God understands man's every motive, whereas, uh, whereas none of us have that, have that understanding. We can have partial and as I say, if I'd, I, if I'd gotten somebody who was a complete stranger to Nathan, I would have been very interested to see whether he would have taken the amount of steps. Because in our own human nature, we, we're, we're fallible. We, we recognize that, that we're going to make mistakes. But the intimacy of our relationship with one another as we walk together, as we partner on this process, as we grow in our relationships with one another, we're going to find that trusting each other in the things that God is saying to us through those people is going to become easier to do as we walk with them, as we sit under wisdom, as we sit under the knowledge that God is imparting. There's other quality, his unconditional love. Our creator is always motivated by love always motivated by love and constantly has our best in mind. Unless we trust his heart, our view of reality will be distorted. God's love is so so broad, so vast. It comes from 
compassion, to passion, to vibrancy, to joy. But it also comes to disciplining as well. It's something I'm having to recognize the Father's heart and the Father's love for me is that he, he, he needs, I need to be disciplined in that process of being refined, in that process of dying to self. And in doing that, I just come before him. I repent. I choose to step away from what I think my purpose is and start walking more and more into his purposes. And then finally, his perfect sufficiency. Matthew 6 and uh, verse 25 to 30 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, King Solomon, in all his splendor, in all his riches, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Or you of little faith. In every circumstance that I've encountered, in every thing that I've walked through, God has never, ever ceased to be sufficient in His provision. He's never ceased to be the provider of all of my needs. Even when I didn't have my eyes fixed on Him or I had my mindsets uh, skew with, He's never stopped. And I know that each of you can also look in your life and think of those times when God has been sufficient. He's always sufficient. That is his quality. That is his presence to you. And when we abide in that, I really believe that this whole area of dying to self will be made easier for us. I just want to welcome the, uh, the team to, to come back up. I want us to sing Love Like Fire again because it's, it's words speak very, very deep to my spirit at the moment of the direction in which we as a body are going in. Desperate for your touch, a glimpse of heaven through the glory of your Son. How do we obtain that? We obtain that through the revelation the revelation of his of, of the Son is in a moment you can turn a life around forever to be found in you. Will you stand with me? The Spirit is really, really strongly putting on my heart that the more we press in, and allow our hearts. It's about submission. This is what I'm talking about tonight. I can't do it on my own, God. I need you to be number one. And when we as a body are going to be in that place of complete submission to Him, the fruits 
and the direction in which he is going to lay out before you as individuals but us as a body is going to become clearer and you will rest in the peace of knowing that I'm in a place to stop you will rest in a place of knowing that I just need to be with you in this season God I just need to grow more and more into the knowledge of who you are not about you but I want that love relationship so right now I want us just to to take this time press into what the truths are that he is an all encompassing God of knowledge and complete wisdom he has perfect sufficiency for you and I when we press into him and his love is unconditional when we press into him and we explore these things daily it is a daily dying to self process I'm not going to I'm not going to say it's an easy thing but when we do that this whole walk with God will become easier let's press into him now and I'll come back and wrap up what I want us to do now because I recognize that this is a path of taking courage and faith a step of faith we have to be the ones who choose to lay these things down we have to be the ones who choose and so what I want us to do is just with the people that we have around, uh, among us close to us you may hear the Spirit talking to you right now about just one thing. Just one thing. Ingrid was saying it this morning. There's one thing that you know that God is convicting you of that you need to lay down before Him. That might be a gift. That might be a, a circumstance. That might be an addiction. It might be. It could be anything. But it's, it's a one boundary. It's one blockage which is getting in the way of that intimacy of a deeper revelation of knowing Him coming to pass and so just just in among, amongst where you are maybe just with a couple of people this is a time for the Spirit to speak I never want to deny a Holy Spirit having His way with His people to bring conviction not condemnation He doesn't come to condemn us but it comes to convict us so that we can go deeper and deeper in love with Him. So I'm going to keep the, let the band just keep playing. And just right now, just with a, with a couple of people that you have around you, just begin to, to seek the Spirit and begin to pray for each other that more courage and more faith would come to step out more and more into this area of knowing Him and being submitted and resting in His peace. Awesome, guys. Thank you.